Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher, Disopolis, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crowder. Get your horns up because here we go into BYU. We're back at home. We were in Dallas. We got a bye week. We were in H-Town. Uh, Dallas better than H-Town, but none of it's Austin. We're back home in Austin where we belong. Quinn Ewers not out for the season, probably two to four weeks. We have Malik Murphy, one of the guys we ironically have been most excited about seeing for pretty much the entirety of the offseason and into the season. We're going to get a real glimpse at Malik Murphy and his electric arm and his electric, his electric athletic ability, but can he really maintain it through four quarters? We're going to get that answer against BYU. And the man that's been hopping around town, he was at Pitt, he was at USC. Now he is in the book of Mormon. Keaton Slovis is under center for the BYU Cougars. They come into our town as 19-point dogs. The over-under is 50. Gentlemen, why not start there? And I'll give you a little bit of a taste before we get into it. The Horns have gone under in five of their seven games. The Cougars have gone over in five of their seven games. Wow. We are both three and four against the spread. And I think the opening line of this game was at 16 and a half, and it's moved mm. in favor of the Longhorns to 19 and a half now. So, yeah. Still looking for uh, our first game over 40 points, the Longhorns. And if the, the spread here is... 50 i mean we've been able to score over 30 every single game that means we're really counting on the byu offense to also be able to get some points here which defense looked a little shaky last week against houston not gonna lie um if there's a team that you know i'm circling on this schedule it was gonna be byu the whole mm -hmm. year just because of the the history that we've had and of course you know slovis is a good quarterback um, but they're five and two. I mean, they're a good team. They're probably going to be a bowl eligible team. You know, they look as it stands right now. If they were to beat us, they could be the team going to the conference championship against Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this game's got big implications for both teams, in my opinion. I don't love Horns minus 19, if I'm being completely honest, just because we've played a couple of close games. Um, I'd probably take BYU plus 19 and I would go over. Mm. Yeah, I can tell you anyone that's not a Texas fan is licking their chops at us being minus 19. And all I'd have to do is shoot a quick text over to our buddy Morgan, who's a, a Frogs fan, and I'm sure he's already on, on board with that bet. But I, I'm right there with you, Nick. Um, I'm not going to bet on them to cover because I'm, I'm not going to bet against the Horns, but you know, we didn't show me enough um, in this last game against Houston. I know we were on the road, and but there were a lot of Longhorns that were there. There was a lot of burn orange in that crowd um, that were eyes to eyes, you know, at, at the end of the game. And our secondary just didn't show me enough. And I hope that we have a get right game and PK and the defense, you know, makes makes a stand here and silences a bunch of the critics, right? We're, we're still on the embrace the hate tour. We can't forget that. Um, and I know they haven't forgotten that in the locker room 
And this is a team that, you know, this is their first year in the big 12, but we have some, some shared history with them. And even though it wasn't always Sark at the helm, um, in coaching for us, you know, they've gotten the upper hand on us a couple of times, especially when we were there during our tenure as Longhorns. Yeah. Taysom Hill dominated us. I, I do think in distinction with the game that we played against Houston, while Slovis is a, a very capable thrower, he doesn't have the mobility in the pocket that, uh, that Donovan Smith has. And while Donovan Smith was not looking to beat us by taking the ball upfield, he extended a lot of plays by breaking out of the pocket and then keeping his eyes upfield. And I think that it's not necessarily something that Slovis is quite as good at. So I think if we can get that pressure, maybe this is finally the game where it all culminates in us actually getting a lot of sacks um, in the box score. And I know we've been asking that for what, five weeks now, the entire season, basically. Like, I feel like Nick, that's been your takeaway every single time for the defensive side. So yeah. it's a prove it game for our horns for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no we've been pretty strong in the wrong in the red zone though. I'm actually going to go with us to cover and go with the under. Um, I think the defense shows up and shows out. Like we, we weren't so satisfied with them, but we still only let up 24 points in the road against Houston, and they played their absolute best game they possibly could. We let up, I think, as a team, they had under 30 rushing yards. So at that rate, like I love what our run defense can, is, is capable of. I love what our running attack can do. They give up some yards in the ground. The Cougars do. So my mindset is. Glass half full. They don't have the tape on Malik Murphy. We have a brand new, you know, it's a new quarterback, new capabilities. Like, you know, there's less pressure on Malik Murphy. All he has to do is get in and get out of games. And now it really will fall on Jonathan Brooks' shoulders. And we love we love what he's been doing. Majors another week healthy, you know, which is something nice to see. The, obviously, the offensive line with the young guys, Campbell and Banks, has been phenomenal. So I'm, I'm feeling really confident in our ability to run the ball and our ability to cover that 19-point spread. I could easily see us winning 31-10. to 10. And, like, our defense really having a, 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 a – our defense having a prove-it game, right? So that would be really exciting for me to see. Um, and then, yeah, again, you know, we just have to see what Malik Murphy can do. Um, this is a team that's been not like riddled by injuries. Obviously we have Quinn Ewers out again this season. We had him out last season. Um, but we've had some weird ones, you know, Hudson's been out. We had, uh, at the guard spot, majors had some injuries, Ryan Watts in and out of the lineup, Catalan in and out of the lineup. So our defensive backfield's taken some hits from the injury side on some of our biggest, you know, playmakers. Um, and in this one, you know, I'm hoping that they could come back and prove that Keaton Slovis, while a fine quarterback, is not a real threat. And we have a bounce back game like we, you know, against off the Donovan Smith 350 yard plus game. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, Malik, of course, coming in first start, we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks. And I think the guys that, you know, we don't have tape on sometimes, you know, surprise us the most, um, you know, because you just don't necessarily know what part of their body they're going to use. Are they going to run the ball? Are they going to, you know, throw the ball deep? Are they going to dink and dunk um, with Malik? I mean, everything he's done this year in spring and just coming in and, and being ready for the challenge and being, being part of this team, you know, speaks volumes. Of course, I think the locker room is really behind him, you know, sticking it through, even though they've recruited arch. And of course they brought in Quinn and he yeah. still wants to continue to be a longhorn. Um, you know, that just shows, really good team spirit and you know he's a true leader i think in this locker room and i really don't think that there's going to be any mistakes here that are made and really excited to see what he can do i mean completely honest i mean i i thought he was going to be our starter going into next season anyway if quinn decides to go to the nfl and we want to you know hold arch for a little bit um i am curious to see though like if he does make mistakes early on 
how long is that leash? Like, are we going to, you know, look to make a switch pretty early if, if, you know, he's thrown a couple picks, turn the ball over a couple times and we're just not moving the ball. I mean, every game from here on out is a playoff game. So mm-hmm. you're, you can't lose, you can't drop a single game. And, you know, if we're down by a couple of scores at halftime, like, do we look to Arch Manning? You know, that might be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, just returning real quick to the injury report. I believe this is from Coach Sarkeesian that Ryan Watts, Jet Bush, our fifth year linebacker, Alfred Collins, defensive tackle, and Gavin Holmes, our transfer uh, defensive back, will all be available, but they will be monitored. Uh, closely throughout the game. So it, it's good to know that, that they're going to be active, that they're going to be out there for us. Um, I think that helps a lot, but back to what you were talking about, Nick, um, you know, he was, he was with us before Quinn was right. Yeah. Like he committed, he was on campus before Quinn was Quinn was uh, he was in Columbus at the time. So I, I just, I, I completely agree with you. Just the sentiment that he wants to be here. He, he buys into the program. I think I'd also assume that he's buying into his own talent as well. Um, If I were the opposition here, I'm forcing him to throw and and beat you in the air, right? That's what we've said time and time again with some of these backup quarterbacks that we've been facing, um, you know, early in the season. So I expect that they're going to stack the box, right? We were able to run effectively in that game winning or the, the drive that put us up in that game against Houston, I guess the game winning drive technically um, where Baxter broke open that, that 16 yard touchdown run, but Brooks and Baxter, right. It was that one, two punch. Um, they know, I think a lot more of what's coming defensively from a schematic standpoint. And I would expect that they're going to load the box and really force him to make throws downfield um, and, and beat them with his arm. I will say like just watching him in, at the end of that game, like, his size and stature is so starkly different than I Quinn. It's crazy. Um, I can't wait to see him tuck and run and see what he can do with his legs too. Mm-hmm. And he's a tremendous athlete. So I, I know I'm definitely anticipating some good things from him in that regard. Yeah. I, I think we could have big games from Jonte Cook. We could have a big game from, you know, said Baxter. We could have a big game from, from Helm, who's been playing pretty well, honestly. I mean, these are the guys he's taken a lot of second team reps with. You know, and these yep. are the guys that he's worked out with, you know, um, in playing not with the firsts. So maybe we see we, Sark's been wanting more cook in the game. So yep. maybe that's something we see. Uh, and you look, you, you, like you're saying, his size, his athleticism, he's everything you want to see and more. So it's just really going to be like, so is swoops and he never put it together. So y- you can look the part, but you have to put it together on the field. And going back to the basics, it's, it's just really everything we've ever wanted to see from Quinn. You know, can you keep the game contained? Can you not make mistakes? You know, as bad as Quinn's quote unquote long ball has been, right? Or in the past, like he had a crazy streak of not turning the ball over with an interception. It's pretty impressive. So yeah. if you're Murphy, not trying to do too much. Yeah. You don't have to. You have so many good playmakers. You could keep the game within, and I know he's got a live arm, but you could really keep the game within 15 yards of yourself right on any in your whole circumference and you could be fine you know you could quick outs you know you know quick balls to sanders up the seam you know quick house to worthy you could have whittington on a slant if you're in the passing game like get the ball into your playmaker's hands quick and efficiently and that's going to open up the run game which should take you home and that really comes down to strikes play calling as well putting him in the position where he doesn't have to be the guy making crazy throws and forcing things you know trying to do too much Sark needs to drop plays that are very easy for him to connect with receivers, you know, and the biggest thing is getting the momentum, right? Getting, finding your groove early on, 
yeah. you know, getting a couple completions, figuring out who you trust in your receiving core, getting the chemistry. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's only thrown, what, like eight passes this season. So, you know, we, we need to see a little more, you know, just in terms of sample size of what he's able to do, you know, for us, but also these receivers. They, yes, they practice together, but it's a lot different when you get in the game. You know, when you're going up yeah. against a bunch of Division One athletes who could end up going to the NFL, it's a different ball game. You know, so the, it just really comes down to how he's going to respond with his teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a type of game where I know you know we've we've often had frustration watching the Texas Longhorns in the last five years because of the predictability of the offense. If we ran the ball on first down every single drive, I would not be mad this game. I I, I think we are in a position where the disparity of skill between our team, especially our offensive line and our running backs and the opposition that we're playing this game and the games going forward that we should be able to get between two and four yards, every first down that we have the ball. And if that puts Malik in a position where he's ahead of the sticks, like I think that much more where he can be confident in himself. Um, I'd, and, and with that, I'd, I'd, I'd say like, I'd probably want to see a little less like, wide receiver screens, bubble screens to start mm. off drives. Because if he makes a mistake on one of those throws, um, I know we have really good blocking wide receivers in AD and in Whittington. Um, you know, if we're getting worthy of the ball or Jonte the ball in those, in those scenarios, but all it takes is one quick mistake. Now it's two and now it's second and 10. Now, if we want to run the draw play, they know it's coming. Right. And, and we're behind the sticks and Malik's in a, in a position where he might start pressing a little bit, which mm. again, I, I agree with what you're saying, Josh, I, I made the, the allusion to the fact that maybe this offense could be Shanahan-esque, right? The college version of that. Brock Purdy is the quarterback for for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. He is an excellent game manager. A quote-unquote system QB is kind of the the conversation right now with him. He, he lets his playmakers do all the work. And so I think it needs to start with that. And if we get a, a lead, then you can start getting creative with it and testing Malik a little bit and challenging him because he's going to have to quarterback the next game as well. But mm-hmm. We have to walk out of this game with the dub. Most important, have to. It's yeah. it's it's, it's, it's non negotiable. Every, every game, seriously, yeah. every game is a playoff game. Absolutely, it's it couldn't be. There's no truer statement, and I do feel it's the game where the defense has to step up and continue to be, like we have to get sacks. It's probably the only issue we really have is we have to get to the quarterback. And he's 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 a good quarterback, but we have to get. And they, look, I know Arkansas has not had a great year, but they took down Arkansas and Fayetteville. Like this team is not like, this is not a, like, and this is a game that you've had circled. Like this is not a rollover game and we're at home and they're pretty, they went into Texas tech and they caused five turnovers, you know? So this is, they're no joke. So not taking them lightly. Um, but I did think it was a good, like, look, Sark's never, Sark's been the guy in previous years where it's been mom on who's the starting quarterback, even with Quinn in the building. Like, is it going to be Quinn and Hudson? He kept that really close to his chest. He pretty much came out from the jump and was like, it's going to be Malik Murphy. Do not expect to see Arch Manning. So I, I think he's really confident in Malik Murphy. I'm going to take again a glass half full approach and not air on the side that Arch is completely unprepared and not ready, but roll with the fact that he thinks Malik Murphy can truly be a starting quarterback in a big time game. Um, so, and, and again, like get a turnover, play good special teams, right? We need good kicking from Auburn as we always keep saying. So all that in the fold. And I I think we should come away with it, with a big victory. And Murphy's job is, you know, paramount to our success. And when we get Quinn back, hopefully for the big 12 championship. Yep. 
And other great, amazing news landed at a big recruit that we've had our eye on all season long. Ryan Wingo from Missouri um, commits to Texas. He's the number two wide receiver in two, four sports composition. Mm. Uh, he's the number five nationally ranked player on two, four wow. sports. He's a five-star wide receiver. Who's going to be a big game changer here for Texas. And it's awesome that we were able to go get a guy, you know, from a different state. Then he was very close to committing to Missouri and he picks us over them over Georgia, Michigan, and, and Alabama big schools. And, uh, you know, I start continues to do big work here. And I have a report that I've read on this kid is that he's got blazing speed. He's got big play potential. Anytime he touches the ball could be a punt returner, a kick returner, mm. deep ball. I mean, this is the type of guy that does it all that, you know, you're looking for kind of like Devonte Smith in college or, you know, Jordan Addison, where, you know, you give him some space and he could turn on the jets and burn you. Um, so huge addition here. A big win, you know, during the week for Texas and excited just to see this receiving class or just the receiving room get deeper and deeper, you know, as we continue to build, you know, what we have right now with with uh, Worthy and, and A.D. Mitchell and and Jonte Cook and, and Ryan Nibble, all these guys in, in the program. Just Jesus, on. It's stacked. So stacked. Oh, I'm trying to – sorry, I'm trying to pull up a tweet. Somebody said that Arch is inheriting – like the number one running back, the number one wide receiver, the number one offensive lineman. This kid's never no no. There has never been an easier life than Arch than Arch Manning. I thought that was such a. I try to find it on our. I don't know if I thought. I thought I retweeted it um, from our account, but it's so. I mean, like it's honestly, it it really is true. And Sark has just done a tremendous job bringing in real real talent. And this is a guy like. Like we could have lost him after the OU game, but we're not that program anymore. Nope. And you know, we're a real threat week in and week out to get some of these offensive guys. Uh, and like, I mean, look, if you're a receiver and you see what Worthy's doing, and we we we've been saying it, Worthy's had quiet game after quiet game. He's not been talked about like the kid from Washington. He's not been talked about like the kid from LSU. Obviously, Maserati at Ohio State. Um, and the kid, I say the kid at Mizzou in Luther Burden, who's who's been pretty fantastic. Yeah, he's no, been great too. Yeah. Worth mentioning. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a halfway through the mark uh, All American. Keon um, Coleman and at Florida State with yeah, exactly. But, and Igbuka even on Ohio State. But Worthy yeah. deserves to be in the same conversation. He's a first round talent, and every week, bang, six receptions, ninety seven yards. Bang, six receptions, ninety five yards. Like every week is the same. Here. Well, yeah, yeah, and he, and every route, like you know, talk about like every route. There's not a route that he isn't catching a ball on. Everything from the bubble screen to the deep balls. Yeah. So if you're if you're a young receiver like you're talking about, Nick, and you're, and you're scouting report for Ryan Wingo, you see that week in and week out for Xavier Worthy. How can you not go to Coach Sarkeesian uh, and and now the SEC? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And of course, as we know, when Arch does step up and gets those reps and gets playing time. He's going to be in the national spotlight every single game. You know, he's going to be highlighted and showcased. Yeah. And yeah. when he makes a throw, he's making a throw to Brian Wingo, you know, and, and Freddie Du Bois and, and John T. Cook. So, you know, these guys are going to get a lot of national attention, which could help their personal brands, you know, for NIL, but also raise their stock in the NFL as well. So, you know, if you're a receiver right now, you know, in, in high school, looking to commit to a school, there's really not a better opportunity right now than Texas. And, that's not even a biased opinion just because of your markability standpoint with Arch Manning on the fold. I mean, 
you could argue that Ohio State is is like that as well. I mean, they've got a stable of guys, but when it just comes to national spotlight and getting in the media, you're going to have a lot of a lot of airtime at yeah. University of Texas, even especially as a quarterback, right? Especially just with the move the move to the SEC, and I think you know you mentioned Josh that we lost the Red River rivalry, but that was a really close game. It was game day that week, as it yeah. often is. Both the teams were were you know top thirteen teams at the time. Both the teams are still ranked in the top ten. Like mm-hmm. that game mattered. It still matters. We're going to be talking about it at the end of the season. Um, and I don't think that that's going to be slowing down for either of these programs, Oklahoma or Texas. Um, and so with that national coverage, alongside playing with you know guys like Quinn Ewers and, and Arch Manning, um, and for the University of Texas, like just just by nature of the competition that we're up against as well. And the fact that we're playing to that competition as opposed to playing down to that competition, which we've done uh, in past over the last couple of years, I think is, is good motivation for these young guys too. I saw something that um, I think maybe a vendor at the, at the Texas state fair had asked Colin Simmons when he was there, like where Ryan Wingo was going. And he told them in confidence, like, just wait, like, you'll know soon or something like that. Or, or maybe, maybe he even told them, but told them not to tell that he was going to Texas. Eh. So, the, so the fact that Arch, of course, we've talked about on this team or on this podcast before how vocal he has been with bringing in recruits to the university. Um, I think Colin Simmons has been essential in that process as well, especially for Ryan and other recruits to come. Um, and the guy hasn't even stepped foot on the 40 acres as a freshman yet. So I love that from, from our guy, Colin Simmons. Yeah. I mean, Matt Cass was the backup quarterback at USC. Never started a game. Was an NFL starting quarterback. Made the NFL. Like, you could be Archer's backup and you'll get airtime. Like, that's how like that's how valuable he is. And, yeah, I mean, look, the, it's good to see, like, Simmons with all these guys being – they're all boys. They're all talking to each other. They're creating that vibe in the locker room. They're creating that brotherhood that you have for the rest of your life. Like they're creating what it means to be in college, like our college experience too. Like you knew guys coming into school. Like you knew guys that were older and younger. Like you're still college students. They're not like just like, you know, football players and that's it. Like we want them to have a good college experience, and it's not too dissimilar to what we saw in our lives. Uh, Quickly around the uh, NCAA before we rock and roll – OU heads to Kansas. Looks like Bean's going to be the starting quarterback again. Daniels, unfortunately for us, uh, is not playing in that game. FSU at 9 a.m. our time at the PT. Uh, heads to Wake Forest. Hopefully, boys, that would be sweet if we can get that one. That would be a fire, fire, sneaky win uh, for the Demon Deacons uh, for us. Georgia heads to the swamp. I'm not anticipating that they lose that game, but that would also be pretty fire. And then the Oregon Ducks head to Utah, who's coming off a major win uh, in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. So look, like if one of those three teams wins, it's another team off our back. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 huge, and yeah. we've been watching these games like Hawks and and texting with Q and and texting about, you know, who we want to lose. And at this point it's basically everyone, right. Um, Except Alabama. We want them to keep winning, but yeah, it's uh, college football has never been more exciting. And I think for us, you know, we pay attention to what's going on, you know, in college football at large, but it becomes that much more exciting when the horns are involved in those conversations. And, and we still are staying relevant. Like, Last few years, it's been we started relevant at the beginning of the season because we're the University of Texas, and then we lost that relevancy. And this year, we're holding on to it. Um, 
you know, we mentioned it earlier in the week on, on the previous show, but this is uh, the most consecutive weeks that we've been ranked 10 or higher um, since like 20, since 2009, um, mm. even longer than we were in the two, 2011 season, which just shows, you know, we were kind of underrated going into that year. And of course, if, if Colt didn't get hurt in the national in the 2010 national championship game, things would have been different, but um, just hold on to it and, and stave off all the naysayers. That's what we got to do. Mm most important phrase and all i said the most the other day in one of our shows i said the most important quote in sports which was mike tyson's quote everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth yep the most important phrase in sports survive advance that's it you just got to survive and advance worry about what you can control i mean we talk about it in betting we talk about it in survivor pools survive and advance and everything else around you will play out survive all right, Fisher Disciples, DJ Nikki, Snacks Crowder. We'll see you guys next time with Quan Cosby. Let's go, BBYU. Get your horns up. We out here. We love you. Hook em. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.